Hello everyone, uh, I've been able to get my Audacity to work and today we have finally got the podcast out. I'm actually going to start doing them. It's kind of like the gym, you know, you don't want to go to the gym. As soon as you get there, you're sorted. And it's kind of like this, as soon as I get the first one out, I'll be good to go. So anyway, welcome. Welcome to my podcast, the PME podcast, where I talk about kind of whatever I want to talk about and kind of moan what I kind of want to moan about, you know. I don't I don't particularly like talking a load of tactical stuff, Twitter stuff, because I find it quite boring. But in a podcast, I think it'd be quite a good way to sort of express how I feel. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if I don't bore you too much, I could bring people on and entertain you by that. But I just wanted to do something because I love podcasts. Um, I love the Arsecast. I love the Arsenal Vision podcast. I love Filthy Fellas, so I thought, well, I'd like to do one by myself at some point, and yeah, I finally sort of figured out, you know, oh, well, why don't I just do one about Arsenal? I love Arsenal, so why don't we just do about that? So, yeah, that's what I thought I would do. Um, so, the best place to start would be this past Sunday, or Saturday, I can't remember what day it was, but, the t- you know, the game against Burnley, because this is an Arsenal podcast. So, yeah, so let's talk about Burnley. Let's get the team selection. Um, I think going into the match, I was quite, um, I wouldn't say uneasy, but Burnley is never a good place to go to. And it was it was one of those games where I was like, well, let's just get the job done, because... You know, you don't want to fuck about as Burnley. These, you know, they're physical guys. I watched the game against Everton uh, midweek, and they <laughs> they battered the shit out of them. I mean, I quite enjoyed the tackle on Richarlison. I'm not gonna lie, I, I enjoyed it. Whether it was right, I don't know, but I did have a good laugh. So, <laughs> so, so I watched that game, and then going into this game, I knew it'd be a tough match. Um, I think the Norwich game is a really good start for momentum, but. I knew that we there's job there's stuff to be done you know there's jobs to be done here. Do not buy a faulty bed like I have done. I had to cut out the yawning, but my god, this I'm a bit knackered. Um, so yes, let's talk about the lineup. Um, so I was actually playing football, and that's actually why I missed the first half of the game. I was playing football, I was playing eleven aside, and during half time, I came up to one of my uh, mates and said. Do you know what the lineup is? Because I always ask him, he's always on his phone. And I was sort of predicting not this. Basically, I was I was thinking, well, it'll be parte. I thought it'd actually be a parte and Maitland Niles pivot. Um and I was kind of surprised that it wasn't, you know, because Maitland Niles, I think, in my personal opinion, I think he had a decent cameo against Norwich. Not brilliant. But it was something to work on, and I was quite surprised that he was dropped actually, because I didn't. I thought he'd, you know, Burnley. They're lower, you know, they're lower down the table. But you know, Ainsley, he's an athletic guy. He's a physical guy. I think he'd be able to do quite a decent job in the middle with Thomas. But no, um, we got this four-three-three um, shape, which you know is very interesting because I don't. I still even even with the game and victory today or Saturday or whatever I very you know I don't know if we can actually do it because to do that system because it's mirroring basically the pep system for Manchester City at least that's why I think Mikel was trying to emulate but I don't know if Odegaard and Smith Rowe can actually do that because I don't you know the young players it's a it's a hard role it's not exactly the easiest role to play in football um, and Burnley, you know, they, you need physical players, and Odegaard and Smith Rowe, they're not, in my opinion, the most physical players, but, you know, it was interesting, I, li- I liked the, I will say, as much as I was a bit hesitant about this, I do like the attacking for mindset here, you know, best attacking players on the pitch, essentially, and, you know, using that out full force against a Burnley team, it's very interesting, you know. Pep, I believe. I I might be wrong about this, but Pep, I believe he, um, he played a free in the back system 
last year against Burnley, and I was that was my prediction. I thought he'd play Leno or Ramsdale, and then like you know, Tierney, Gabriel, Ben White, or Tommy Osu won the free Saka left wing back, you know, Mimanos white wing back, Thomas, uh, Sambi, and then Odegaard, Pepe, and Abamyang basically. Something like that. I didn't think he'd play this. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, like I said, I missed the first half. So <laughs> I can't sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I watched it. I mean, I've heard mixed opinions, a bit lackluster, but the goal, let's talk about the goal for a second. I've seen the clip before the goal, and I've seen the actual goal itself. And yeah, Saka does very well. you know, And Aubameyang does well. And I, and I will touch on this in a bit, but Aubameyang... Actually, I'll, I'll touch on it now. I actually think as the criticism has been of Aubameyang for a couple of months, you know. But I thought he had a very good game. I think he was let down by some of the passes, and Pepe, who I will speak to, uh, we'll speak about in a bit, you know. But I thought he had a pretty decent game. Now, did he have many shots? No. But I thought his runs, I thought his creation in that game was very good. I mean, you have to take a pinch of salt. It is Bernie, you know. And not discrediting him or anything, but, you know, Aubameyang, even at his age and physical condition, he should be able to deal with Burnley, at least get a goal, create. Because um, he is, you know, a world-class player on his day, and st- you know, on still on his day when he wants to. So, but I was, I was happy for him. Um, I think Odegaard had a very interesting game because he played a lot deeper, you know, um, and he played very well, I think, and, the goal, this, just go back to the goal for a second, it's a fantastic goal. I mean, the free kick itself is just brilliant, you know. I'm, the day Thomas Partey scores, I will go mental. But my goodness, don't put him on that free kick. I don't, I don't want to go as rosy. Like, no. I love him to death. He's probably my favourite player, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I think he's brilliant. And he, had a, he had an absolutely brilliant game today. He had a great cameo against Norwich. He had a great game. Um, against Burnley on Saturday, um, I was really impressed, and we've you know we've got to keep him healthy. You know, if Arsenal want to do anything this season, he is the main man. You know, um, and I think this role, this base role, was made for him. To be honest with you, he's such he reads the game incredibly well. I mean, there was an instance that I've seen. I think it might have been the first half where a very similar scenario to last last year with Shaka and Leno with the ball was played about but it was Ramsdale and Thomas Partey and he was incre- you know, he he read it, didn't fuck you know, didn't fuck about essentially and just got out of there, Partey and that's what we want to see. You know, I think that the problem with Shaka and Leno was like we didn't know necessarily who to put the blame on because both players have been suspect. But man, this was different man. He Partey is brilliant. Very, very, I think underrated, you know. I mean, I don't want to go into, like, FIFA and the ratings and stuff because it's all a load of bollocks. But, you know, he's a fantastic player, Thomas Partey. And I think people will realise that this season, I think people will, you know, the game against Tottenham on Sunday. I think, in a weird, I don't want to say coming out party because that's not, that's not really fair on him. But I think he'll have a really fantastic game, and I think people will start to see, yeah, oh yeah, this is, this is a player, you know, he is the player they brought him for. Um, but yeah, and he had a great game, and I think Ramsdale as well had a tremendous game. I think he, well, he was my man of the match. You know, I watched all the second half, and it was a lot of pressure from Burnley. I just think he had a fantastic game. I think. He claimed everything. He was very focal. I loved his kicking. There was an instance where he kicked it to Aubameyang, sort of like a slice, almost, a curve. And it was brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant. And he's he's been it's been a real shocker, I think, Ramsdale. Not only has he gone into the team as quick as he has, but his connection with the fans, his, you know hard work he he definitely seems a player to me Ramsdale who not not just has a chip on his shoulder but has who knows he's he's capable you know and I think that was a big thing that I didn't like even when he was linked it's like yes the money 
is a bit much, but this isn't a bad keeper, you know. He's not terrible. He's just very young. But yes, um, you know, Ramsdale, tremendous game. Really had a good game. Along with Tomiyasu as well. I I really like the signing because, you know, and I'll touch on all the signings in a bit, but he was really, you know, a really out of the blue transfer very late on uh, I was just happy to get right back because Chambers and Cedric for me aren't good enough you know Chambers as a backup is fine but physically I, I just don't see it as a right back it's, he's a great player I like Chambers and I think it's hard especially when you have an ACL injury or an injury like he had to come back But and I think he did very well in some games last year especially against Slavia where I thought he was absolutely tremendous in that game but you know, he's not a right-back. I think, honestly, I would love to see a run of him in midfield in the defensive midfield position because that's he got the player of the year at Fulham in that position, essentially. And, you know, I think about there's a pass he'd done against West Ham when we drew 3-3 to Lacazette, and I'm like, in that central sort of midfield position, it was just like the technique was flawless. I mean, he couldn't, it couldn't have been any better, and it was like... I want to see that. I want to see if he could do that, you know. Whether it's a six or in a double pivot, I'd, it'd be interesting because Chambers is a technically a very good player. I just don't think he, he's always like a handyman without a solidified position. He's not, I don't think he's centre back, but I don't think he's right back. I, you know, I'm not exactly sure what Chambers' his best position is. Maybe in a back three, potentially. Not kind of right sided, almost like Ben White. Um, so. I'm not particularly sure with Chambers, but yeah, no, Tommy Osu really liked the sign and loved his performances. You can see he's got a very good mentality. You know, he wants to work hard. He doesn't seem like there's a bit of an ego with him. At least that's my sense. It doesn't seem like he's a superstar. You know, he's come to play football, he's come to win. And I love that. It's a refreshing change. Um, ben White. Let's, let's just talk about a bit about the back four in this game. Uh, Gabriel, incredible. I think that was one of his best performances in an Arsenal shirt. I think he was absolutely stupendous. I think he was so, so good. Won everything. I think there was a, uh article I read briefly from uh, Kaya, one of the guys from uh, Football London, and it was about a moment where he was shouting at Pepe because of something he wasn't doing. And for me, that was the first game I've seen where I'm like, he is a leader. He will lead. He's got the character. He's you know, he's got the ability to be a leader. He's you know, gargantuan. He's absolutely massive. And I think with Gabriel, I think he's only going to get better. You know, for his age as well, I think. His size, I mean, he's just an impressive person, you know. I just really like signing. He's like, he's our best centre back by a mile. Um, I think he's the best best centre back at the club, you know. I think, you know, I still would like to see him and Saliba because I think they sometimes you can just see things work, and I just see that as a pairing that would work tremendously well. But Gabriel for me is the best centre back at the club. He's fantastic. You know, so, so good. And I think there's more to come from him. Um, but yeah, and then this this go on to Ben White for a second. Ben White, I think, he had a very iffy game. I love Ben. I was a big fan of his time at Leeds. I watched the documentary and I really loved him in that. Um, and I've just, some of the games I've seen from at Leeds, which probably convinced Arteta to buy him, to be honest with you, were tremendous. He is technically a very good player, but, you know... He wasn't brilliant today, and I think you know he, he will he, he will come. It's very obvious to me, you know, his ability and what he can do will only get better. He, you know, I think my only question I questioned this the other day on Twitter was, I think he's quite small. He looks like a you know he doesn't look like a centre back to me. His he, size he doesn't for me he doesn't look like a centre back. But then he will put on muscle, he'll put on weight, I imagine, and it'll fill out, essentially, and I think that's when I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, he does, because, 
he's a talented player, you know. A lot of clubs did want him. And while I think it was a little bit pricey, I also think he'll be worth that money. You know, he's he's got all the traits. You know, this was a data-driven signing. And while it's, you know, people angry of stuff with stat DNA, and I understand because of, you know, Mustafi, Perez, all these signings that we got from stat DNA. Um, you know, White statistically made, made a lot of sense, you know. It made a lot of sense in terms of when you're trying to find a set about whether we should have kept, you know, I think we should have kept Saliba. Maybe what you know, still sign White, but just keep Saliba because, you know, I love I love him. I love his story. I think he's a lovely man. But, you know, Mari is not. <laughs> you know, picking Mari over Saliba is not, doesn't make sense. Even even if he is young, you know, it doesn't make sense. I guess maybe potentially there is a thing of, you know, we need some senior players because there isn't potentially, you know, many senior centre backs. You know, holding in chambers are both. I still think twenty five, twenty six, and I don't even know if you can really consider that senior. Um, so I guess maybe that's that thought process. That's a whole cuttlefish, new cuttlefish. Um, Saliba is, you know, that's a whole different topic, but. Yeah, I mean, I would have signed White anyway. To be honest with you, Louise is such a big mess. You need a player who can at least who's got the abilities. Like, even if it's so substantially lower that Louise has, because you know Louise is an incredible player. Even even in his later years, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff uh, ability-wise for a centre back. Like, a lot of centre backs don't really have even now. You know, I mean, Louise is you know he's a winner. You know, his ability on the ball. I mean, he was a successful signing for Arsenal. Whether anyone wants to agree with it or not, I know he had a bit of baggage, but what he was able to do, you know, win the FA Cup, win the Community Shield in that time, speaks highly of him. And his performances were just absolutely tremendous. I mean, he really does deserve a lot of credit, I think, for some of his performances. And I think the one against Man United recently at home, which probably his last best performance and I really love that especially when he won the header from free kick from Fernandez he celebrated I was like that's just that's just Louise all over and I and I miss him and I think it's it's a bit sad that we let him go but I also understand why they did it um but yeah I mean to get a presence like Louise it's it's hard but I think over time Ben White will you know he's got the potential he's got potential to do a lot of things you know he's potential to be an England a full-time England international Later down the line, I mean, he's a billion on the ball. I mean, it could be in a couple of years' time when those signs we look at, like, yeah, that's, that's worth the money, you know. So that that's it's the time will tell sort of thing. And I think, you know, one of the things I've got written down for the notes I want to speak speak about, um, along with, because I'm going to review all the signings so far and before how I felt. But, you know, you know, one of the things I want to speak about was why I wanted Odegaard over Madison. You know, I've been quite vocal about that on my account on Twitter. And, yeah, I mean, I understand the criticism of Odegaard. He is not perfect at all. And I I was very frustrated with some of the games last season. But, you know, when you look at some of the things in perspective, Odegaard was injured, he came back. It's, it's, it's a short loan. Six months really isn't nothing, you know, for me anyway, to fully judge someone. But, you know, I enjoyed his time here and I was hoping we'd sign him. Um, but, you know, Madison, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a decent player. But when it started to come about, when we started to look for the creative signing, I mean, it first started with Brendia, that was the first target. I, I actually think we personally baited Villa, to be honest with you. I mean, he's a very good player, Brendia, and I think he could come good, sort of like Ben Rama. In a way, like the guy for you know championship, he's he's really done fantastic for West Ham this season. I think that would be the thing with Brentia. I think he'll have a slowish start this season and sort of get better as he is more in the champ, you know, more in the Premier League. But I don't think Arsenal. I mean, I, I like I liked the approach. I like the fact we were looking at a championship player. You're a very good championship player. It's a different approach, but there was a lot of things about the Brentia signing that I wasn't particularly sure on. Like, he hasn't really... When you look at his time at Norwich, he wasn't particularly playing in the central role 
which we needed. And he wasn't really an eight. And he's predominantly a right winger. And at the club at the moment, we have Saka and Pepe. And even Nelson, you know, obviously Nelson's not as good as Buendia. But, you know, you know, we had a lot of people on that facility. And I was just, I, they were asking for stupid money in Norwich. And I, I don't blame them. To be fair, I, I really don't. I don't I, I don't blame them for wanting that money because he was their main man. But Villa just, you know, I think they knew Grealish was going and they were like, we needed, we need someone like this now. Um, so I think that was what was happening. And we said, no, you know, we want, we just want, we're going to, if we sign him, we want him for this match. And we, we didn't, so... I mean, I was very annoyed at the time, because it was a lot of hype. Like, there always is with transfers, but... And I also, for me personally, I really wanted um, to get business done early. You know, that's the thing. You know, a big thing we said about Arteta last year, didn't really get pre-season. I think it's a, a lot of bollocks, to be honest with you, but I also understand that preparation, you need preparation. I wanted the players in as soon as I can, and I thought, well, Brendy, that would be a big one because he'd get him in, and then you could fill them out. But you know, you just enjoy, and I wish him all the best of luck, you know, because you know, Vither, they got a project going on, you know. Hopefully, he can do his bit, and yeah, wish him all the luck. Um, I think he'll need it. I don't. I I'm not fully fully convinced of him, so we'll see. But yeah, that was gone, and then. We went to, you know, Madison and Odegaard. And yeah, the Madison stuff was interesting. Um, I, like I said, like I alluded to before, I never really, I mean, when I thought he was he was coming, I was like, oh yeah, wish him good luck, yeah, see how he does. And he's got a great, I've got to say, he's got a great personality in Madison. I love his interviews, you know. He's done good things before, obviously, on the pitch. But I wasn't convinced, personally, because I'd watched... Leicester quite a lot of the last six months. I just don't think with Madison he is worth seventy million. I just don't. I don't think he's worth that money. Um I don't I did not see at that time performances that made him worth that money. Maguire I could sort of understand because he was the main centre back for England. He was doing very well, you know. 80 million, yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's also at the peak, I'd say, of the transfer inflation. So, in a way, it kind of made sense, money. but 70 million for, you know, Madison. I just thought, wow, he's not worth that much. I think if I was to be as fair as I could, I'd say 50 million on Madison. But the thing, the thing about Madison as well, and this goes for a lot of the signings, is that Yes, they're good players, and Madison is a good player, but look at the style of football we're playing. Could he do that systematic style? Because I don't think he could. I really don't think he could. I don't know, and I don't think he could be able to be as disciplined. He doesn't... He, I don't get that vibe from him. you know. And that's not to say he's not a bad player, but Leicester and Arsenal play, I'd say, quite different football, to be honest with you. You know... Arteta is very choreographed in a way. It's like he set out everything. And that's the impression I got at City with Pep and still do. And this is the impression I get with Arteta as well. It's like they know what they want to do. Not really much freedom necessarily. But it's like, we're going to do this, this, this. And I think at Leicester, I think Brendan's a bit more f- relaxed, a bit more free. Or I think it was a little, I think it was a bit more organised this season because he went to a free and. I think, I just don't think Madison really fitted it, and I think they felt, well, if we can sell him now, let's do it, you know, and I just thought 70 million was absurd, you know, and the thing with Odegaard is that, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, he settled, he did quite well when he came in, Um, the price wouldn't be that much, and I kind of predicted at the beginning, because I... You know, I support Madrid as well. You know, I thought, well, they're going to use that money for Mbappe. You know, I don't know how much it was going to be. You know, Madrid reported you've got to take it with a grain of salt because, you know, they say stuff every single day and that's absolutely bollocks. 
so you have to be careful of what they say. But I, I always knew if he wanted to go, what could they actually do? Because he's on two years, they'd leave it another year, he'd be on a year deal, he'd be pennies. It wouldn't make any sense. So, But they didn't get Mbappe, but they did sell him. And I think when it was coming to fruition that he was going to be sold, well, you know, he was going to come in, I was really excited because, number one, I thought it was the right choice. I thought he was, I think he's... I don't, I'm gonna get a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of criticisms before this. I'm gonna get a lot of heat. A lot of people are gonna tear me up, especially Karius and a lot of the guys in AA. But no, I think he's. I think Odegaard is better. I think for what Arsenal do right now, I think Odegaard made a lot more sense. Um, I just technically I think he's a better player. I mean, I know the, I understand why people get upset because he doesn't score as many goals as Madison. But I think in terms of what Odegaard can offer from all aspects of his game, you know, from the leadership standpoint, from the technical standpoint, I think it's a better signing. For the value of the signing, it was about 29 million. And for me, as someone who's a fan of his Sociedad run, I'm, I thought it was an unbelievable deal. I think it was one of the best deals of the summer. And I think he deserves a lot more credit. I don't, I'm not a fan of Eddie. I'm not. I'm really not. And I want him gone. I still want him gone because I don't think he's right for the job. But, that's a good deal, and I have to give the boy, you know, the guys credit because I think it was worth it. Um, now, I wish they'd gone and brought a striker, and that was probably due to Lacazette not going. But you know, they can't help that. But I think Odegaard made a lot more sense, you know. And I'm just happy we got a right back as well because we needed that. You know, we need. That. I don't. You know, I think they they probably would have got it if they got Madison as well, but. I think it made more sense to go do that so they could at least be able to do that. So, yeah, with that we should go, well, I should go, anyway, into the segment that I want to talk about, which is the review of the signing so far. Um, So, the window, let me get it all up, because there must be a transfer window 2021. Yeah, there's a bit on Arsenal's website, every deal. Let's have a look. I hope it's in chronological order, but I don't think it is. Um Oh it is, it's in chronological order. So the first sign in was Nuno Tavares from Benfica. Um honestly didn't know about him but that much. I think Tom, the guy you know, I'll shout him out Tom. He was he's a Porto fan and he was just like, no. <laughs> Don't sign him. He's not that good. But, I mean, 7 million for a backup left back. You know, I I think it was a bit of a no-brainer. Physically, you know, he's very interesting because I noticed it, at least in this Burnley game, is that he is, for his age, I think he's 21 or 22, beast. Very built. Pace and power. He's He's physically he's got it you know he's got it and I think he'll develop into a decent left back you know whether it takes time I don't know but I like the signing you know it was very quick and I think that's probably why I quite liked it as well but no I like it It'll, it'll be fine you know he's had a couple bad games I've got to say but you have to expect that with these young players you know you can't expect 10 out of 10 performances it happens, you know. These guys are learning, so I'm not surprised. But you know, I like, I like. It was, it was the first indication of kind of where we were going with this transfer window. It was very obvious it was going to be a young transfer window, and I think so far he's done pretty decent. So I'd say for the signing itself, I'd give it a seven out of ten because I liked the idea and the price, and I think so far he's been about five out of ten, six out of ten. He's he's. He's, it'll, it'll be fine so the next one so the next one came in July 19th and it was Sambi Lakonga from Anderlecht very interesting signing very interesting origins of kind of how this began it was a rumour that Henri had told the club basically to sign him which whether it's true or not we don't really know but we do know that um, Vincent Company, who is the player manager I believe of Anderlecht, he kind of suggested to Arteta that, you know, you should sign this kid, and they'd done their scouting, and 
Yeah, he became a gunner on the July the 19th. And the Congo is a very interesting one, you know, because I can't sit here and say, oh, I've sit, I, I've watched every Antelope game, you know, but, you know, there's an account on Twitter who I love to death, uh, Zetagol. I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, you're an Antelope fan, how was this kid? And he was upset. <laughs> and I knew at that point, I was like, wow, he's a Chelsea fan too, so he's obviously upset that he's going. Um, and I knew he would be good. And he's, I've really, I've really been impressed with him, the Conga, because he's had quite a difficult task, really, since coming, you know. He's had to fill some big, big games already. And I'd say he's been absolutely superb, really. You know, I can't really fault him because he's such a young kid. But he's done tremendously well. I think he's got a really bright future. I think when he puts on a bit of muscle and develops, obviously, his size, he'll be a beast. You know, Endelex has got a good history of great players coming from the academy. And Lekonga, I mean... I don't know whether it's just because I've seen his name over and over and over and over again, but sometimes you just look at a player and look at their name and you go, well, that's it. You know, he's going to be a star. And I kind of see that with him. You know, I've really enjoyed his performances. You know, I think... It's weird because I wouldn't say there's been like a number one standout performance, but he's very, he's been very consistent so far. You know, he's great effort levels. He's professional. He's got good discipline, you know. And... For me, he was the perfect kind of, at least so far I've seen, he's the perfect Guendouzi replacement because he's a decent player. You know, both Guendouzi and Lekonga are going to have great futures, you know. But Lekonga, one of the things that he has over Guendouzi, and I'm not going to go into it because he's, he's gone, essentially. But Lekonga, he's, is, he seems to have a great attitude. You know, he seems to have a really great personality, a great attitude, and seems to understand and get it whilst Gwenduzi well I love him and I think he'll have a great career and I wish him all the best at Marseille you know he's obviously had discipline issues he's obviously a bit of a loose cannon and that's the differences really but you know the the Twitter like debates of oh Gwenduzi Lekonga it's just it's crap it's shit I don't care I'm gonna be honest I could not give a fuck like I really could not care because they're both good players and they both they both have good futures, you know. So and maybe we'll see Guendouzi in the future, you know. Maybe he'll come back, you know. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly. It really wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, develops becomes a very very good player and, you know, someone suggests him to the club. It could happen, you know. It really could. So I wouldn't rule that out. And yeah, I'd say for the Congo back to the Congo, I'd give him. Uh, I give the sign in a seven out of ten because I saw a lot of stuff that I really liked, and I'd say so far he's been at a nine out of ten, eight out of ten. Very good, done very well. Um, so the next one, so I, f- I would say probably the most controversial on this list because of the price and the negotiations and the sort of initial like, oh my god, I'd say Ben White. Ben White is the next one on the list, and. Yeah, very controversial, I think, in some ways, because, you know, you've got William Saliba at the club, and I love Saliba. I think he's the future, whether it's Arsenal or God knows where. He's going to be a megastar. He's got it. He's got the size. He's got the intelligence. He is a great player. You know, with Guendouzi, it's a what if, but with Saliba, it's not. It's when, you know, and even, it could even be now, you know. I mean, I think he should should have stayed. And I think there's a lot more to do potentially with his agent. I, agent, I don't know. Obviously, I don't, I don't work in the club. I don't know anything. But I get the sense that a lot of the stuff with Saliba and Arsenal has been with his agent. But he, you know, he went out on loan, and as soon as he went on loan, we were able to sign Ben White from Brighton. Very, very quite. I think it is. I think it's a significant signing for the club and the club's history, not just because of the player. But who he is, what he what he's done, what he's going to do, you know, Ben White is probably the first England international I've seen in a long, long, long time that was signed for big money for Arsenal. I mean, when was the last time you saw a big money signing for, for an English player to come to Arsenal? I don't, I don't remember. I really don't. 
you know, I know obviously TNE, but he's, you know, Scottish, but Ben White, you know, it's an interesting signing because he could potentially be an England international. And I think that's where the valuation comes in. I think Brighton saw the player of the year. He's had a great year at Brighton. He's, you know, he had a great, he's been brilliant for Leeds. And to be quite honest with you, I think the scouting for Ben White mostly came from his Leeds days because he played in a back four. Brighton played predominantly last year in a back three. And Ben White was superb in it. And, you know, the sign-in itself, I mean, it's a lot of money. But I think it's... I don't think it's a foregone conclusion because there's been a couple games, the Brighton game, and I think this game today, where he was quite better, better for worse pretty bad but again the young players you you I'm expecting to have some bad performances now if he was having bad performance every single week then yeah I'm like holy shit you know what the fuck's going on but he's not he'll learn he'll get better and it's a really it's a statement signing because it's an England international and I think Arsenal want to sort of evolve the transfer process and the transfer philosophy to get more English players into the club and I think Ben White is a significant like time stamp on that because you know after the Odegaard signing we signed Ramsdale and I will go on to Ramsdale in a minute so but that's why I think the Ben White signing is so significant um so yeah Odegaard is next on the list that took a little bit longer so almost a month since the Ben White deal we signed Odegaard. I, you know, I've talked about just before with about Madison, but I'm really happy with the signing. I'm so, I was such a big fan of Isociedad, like loan with uh, Isaac, and I think he's such a good talent. You know, I understand the criticism, like I said before, but I think he'll evolve. I think he's, I think he's got great leadership potential I think you know he's the captain of his national team and I know people will Chris you know oh it's Norway you know it's not England or whatever but you know to be the captain of your country at 22 with people like Haaland there and it's 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 a great achievement and I think that's probably something that Arteta wanted you know I think he's going to end up being the captain to be quite honest with you he's a leader whether people want to agree with that or not I don't really care because it's you know it's my opinion but Odegaard for me is a leader. He seems to have a great personality. He seems to have a drive, and he's—I just really like signing. You know, I've said my stuff before. I said my piece, but yeah, I think he'll do well. And the price is brilliant. I mean, I think twenty-nine million for him is a steal and one of the best signings of the window in general. Because number tens aren't hard to—you know—they're hard to find. You know, good number tens. You know, we looked at I think Fakir. Um, early in the you know window and like he's a good player himself, but there's not many number tens. You know there was Odegaard, there's Madison, you know Fakir. They're all on the list, and that's pretty much it. You know there was some obscure ones, but there wasn't really a number ten. You know Alwa was always in the background, but he's not really a number ten. And it seems to me that Arteta is going to go into a four-two-three-one sort of four-three-three hybrid kind of shape potentially going forward and you know our Odegaard is you know perfect I think for that role now he's got his critics and they'll have to beat that and if he if he keeps doing stuff like he did on Sunday or Saturday with the free kick and scoring goals and contributing people will you know win people over but Odegaard's a great talent worth the money I think he was one of the best signings this window in general of all the clubs because of what he goes you know could he can do so I was really happy with it, really happy, um, and credit to the transfer people to get that price, because Perez is a bit of a prick, and to get that price off him is pretty, pretty decent. Right, the next one on the list, and probably, I, I know I talked about Ben White being controversial, but the, I have to say, I, 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 I'm a hypocrite, I can d- disagree with that opinion. Aaron Ramsdale, probably the most controversial on this list, actually, when I consider it, because, to put it bluntly, nobody really wanted him, you know, and it's sad, it's quite sad that the the fan base, including myself at that time, were like, no, I don't really want him, because his stats and what he was 
presenting himself wasn't tremendously brilliant, but you know, Arteta. One thing about Arteta, as much as you know, people criticising, you know, understandably have been criticising him for the last couple of months. One thing I've always liked about him is that he is ready to put his foot forward if he wants something. He's not necessarily passive. This was an Arteta signing. You know, he really wanted Ramsdale. It's it's been documented that Edu kind of wanted um, Neto from Barcelona. Uh, and Arteta just really wanted Ramsdale, and yeah, it was. Re- I was quite shocked because I thought the deal had fallen through, um, and I was pretty convinced they weren't going to sign him. But you know, he wasn't. I think he w- there was a game or something like that for Sheffield where he, if he was to play, he wouldn't be able to be signed, and he wasn't in that game. And I, I, at that moment, I was like, "Wow, he's, he's signing." I don't know how when it's going to happen, but he's signing. So. Yeah, I was really surprised. And I mean, the price... I think my biggest problem with the Ramsdale deal is I think it is still... Uh, he's done very well, and I, I think he'll do very well. He's done incredibly well so far, but the price is just a bit mental, if we're being honest. Like 24 to 30 million in add-ons, it's, it's a lot of money. Even for a quote-unquote backup keeper, you know, he's you know, probably taking number one. I was really surprised... At just the fact they they pushed for that so much, but you know he'd he'd obviously been heavily scouted, and I saw something the other day from some Brighton uh, transfer account on like Twitter from like twenty seventeen that City were quite interested in him. So this isn't necessarily a bum, you know. I'm not saying that's why he's not a bum because of alcohol, but like it kind of raised my eyebrows because it's um. It's obviously one of those cases where City obviously wanted him, uh, potentially, and, you know, he's not a bum, you know, he's just not a bum, I, I think it was very harsh, and I didn't really like what he was getting, because for me, and this might be sort of like a top, you know, gooner thing, but like, as soon as somebody joins, I'm like, backing it all the way, I'm like, yes, this guy, welcome, and yeah, ever since he signed, I've been incredibly impressed, you know, that Burnley game this week was very good for him. He was really he stood out. He's you know in the in the cloud of smoke of those losses. I think he sort of stepped through and showed that hey, take notice of me. I can be in this team, and he's got such a great character. And I'm I want to see more because he's not even in that game. He obviously took crosses and he had a couple of shots, but he's not been fully tested. Um, so we need to see a bit more from him to to have a fully, you know, full opinion on this. But I think he'll come good. You know, I think Arteta's got this spot on, hopefully, because, you know, Ramsdale, I mean, people don't realise this with him necessarily, but he has got a huge amount of potential if he becomes very good because, you know, it's, he's good size. You know, you look at the keepers for England, you know, 28, 29, he's 23 Ramsdale, which for keepers is very young. So he's got the potential to be the number one for England, and if Arsenal get the number one for England, that price won't matter, to be honest with you. And that's how I feel. If he becomes an England international, and say the World Cup or the next Euros, he goes and as the keeper, because if he keeps these performances up, he should be over um, Pickford, because Pickford for club level is not very good. In my view, I think he's very overrated at club level. For England, he seems to just switch it on. But yeah, for club level, you know, he's not very good. And if Ramsdale can keep up these good performances at club level, he should be picked. You know, and one of the things that I was very surprised, which was, you know, some people had documented is that at his time at Bournemouth, he was really decent with his feet. He did an interview with like Sky Sports with uh, Ryan Brewster, and uh, Brewster said that. He used to be a midfielder, you know, and that was very interesting because we've seen so far his distribution has been very good. I mean, there was an instance in that Burnley game where he kicked it to Aubameyang, and I think I talked about it earlier. He just, just brilliant, At, spot on, great distribution. He's he's not one of the things with Leno, and you know, obviously Leno is a big part of this signing. But one of the things with Leno that drives me insane is his distribution is just 
piss poor. It's crap. I mean, I don't think that was brought what he was necessarily brought in, but some of the some of the kicks is just terrible. You know, and the big part of Arteta's build up is playing out the from the back and there was a couple of instances where we did that against Burnley and broke up from the press and you know, Ramsdale is very vocal, did not fuck about, you know, and that was one of the things that frustrated me with London. He used to fuck about, he used to get the ball, get in hand, wait, 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 and then it's like any counter attack or something out the window. It's just not good enough. And I you know, I think Ramsdale's there to push him and to be quite honest with you, Ramsdale should keep his place right now. If Leno's in goal for the North London Derby, I will go absolutely mental, I think, because he should not be in that match at the moment. He should he should play on Wednesday against Wimbledon. And he should that's that should be his role. He should be fighting from the second place within. Because at the moment Ramsdale does deserve his place right now. So yeah, I think for the signing I'd give like a five or six out of probably six because he's not a bad keeper. But I think so far I'd give him an eight out of ten. He's done really well so far. I think he deserves a lot of credit and I think hopefully he keeps going because it's it's refreshing, you know, like Ben White, these English players, it's a refreshing change of pace. You know, I think it's a very interesting time for this club and I think going with this sort of homegrown route for some of the big players is I, I really like it you know it will involve Arsenal and I think the sign in itself is significant um, so last on the list that's gone to the last one is Tomiyosu very interesting signing very um, <laughs> I wouldn't say odd because it, I mean it was on the last day of the window so that's probably what made it a bit odd but you know the f- couple of performances we had with Chambers and Cedric were just horrible. And Bellerin, he went off on loan to Betis. I wish him all the best. And yeah, Tommy Osu's come in and he's... I love... I, I, I have to be honest, I'm going to be a bit a bit mad, but I would give both the performances so far and the sign itself probably a 9 out of 10 for both because great price brilliant scouting because he'd obviously been very very good last season 14 million you know can play anywhere in that back four a really good work effort and the games he's had so far you have to give him his flowers because Norwich came for a training for a day played 65 minutes against Norwich and worked his ass off had a great performance and I thought Burnley you know there's a I won't pull it out now but there was a list of statistics against Burnley and I think he won like 100% of his aerial duels now give him his fucking flowers man because winning 100% of aerial duels against Burnley is incredible I don't give a fuck what club you are that is pretty fucking impressive and the fact that you know he was able to do that in his second game for the club is just brilliant and I think this Sunday against Tottenham I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be his showcase. I think he's gonna stand out. You know, I I really I've enjoyed his performances so far, and I think he'll be one of those signings we look at and go, "Wow, he was a brilliant signing," because he, you've already seen even in these two first two games that there's something about him. There really is something about him. So it's probably one of my favourite signings so far since Wenger's left. To be honest with you, so I. I'm hopeful he keeps it up. And yeah, no, that was the window. That was the window. I wish we had got a striker. I wish we had got, um, you know, maybe Alwa because he could have been online potentially, but fairly decent window. It's one. Of, it's hard for me to put a, a, a rating on it because it's a window that in a couple of years we'll be like, okay, this, this was good, but we need to have patience, I think, to sort of see if it's good. I think if I was to give the ambition, I'd give it an 8, and I'd think I'd give the window a 7 in total, because with the ambition, I think, it's a lot of money spent, so you have to give them the credit there. And I think for what they're trying to do, it's refreshing, so that's a big part of why it's an 8. And I think 7, I'd give it a 7 because I like the sign-ins, but I think... 
I think there should have been one marquee signing in there because I think it needs to be in a window. I think there should have been one marquee signing. Whether it would have been Lotter or Martinez, I don't know. Maybe it would have been Tammy, I don't know. But I think one more would have probably pushed it a bit over the edge for me. So, you know, fairly happy. I understand the criticism. You can't win them all. But for me, I was pretty happy with that window. Um... So yeah, let me go on to the next bit of my notes. But I wanted to do a q and I asked people on Twitter the other day for a Q&A. Um, so yeah, I'll get some questions. <laughs> I was going to do this the other day in the podcast, so <laughs> I'm just like, shit, where the fuck, where the fuck have I asked these questions? Um, let me have a look. I will find it. It is here somewhere. Um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Oh, I can't find it. Bloody hell. When did I ask this? Or do I just tweet too much? I don't know. Probably both, to be honest with you. Uh, here we go. Cool. Alright, there's a couple of questions. Um, so, question for my mate. Good mate, Hass. I love you, brother. Thank you very much for the question. He says, thoughts on... So, he's, is that essential winger? Underscore. God bless. I love your house. Um, thoughts on Odegaard's ability to play deeper? Um, yeah, I think I touched it a little bit briefly earlier. I was very, very surprised how well he's done there. You know, I don't think he's an 8, to be quite honest with you. I still think he's number 10, but he's done very well. I mean, that was a physical game, Bernie. You know, no, take no bends about it. He's, he, I'm still not convinced that is his long-term role, because... The game against Villarreal, he played deeper, I believe, with Partey, and I thought he was pretty crap, if my memory serves me correct. I didn't think he was that good. So that's a thing that time will tell, but that's why I think, you know, I looked at that formation as well on Sunday. I looked at that formation on Sunday and I thought, well, imagine Alwart in sort of the Odegaard or Spiffro sort of role. You know, in that team, it would have been brilliant. I think I think Alwa is probably more suited to that than Odegaard, but because when I saw that, I thought, well, would you just sign Alwa as well? Because he would have been brilliant. But you know, I saw I do understand it. Um, oh dear. But yeah, I, I'm not sure with Odegaard. I'm really not sure because it could go either way. You know. Um, so time will tell, but yeah, no, uh, I really, I, I enjoyed his performance. Burnley, he's evolving in that position. Whether he stays in that, I don't know, but no, I like it, uh, and I like the bravery as well because it does take balls to be out your conversation again against Burnley. So four fucks to him. We'll see. That concludes today's podcast. I will thank you very much for listening. If you want people on, I can try and get people on. Um, I quite I wanted to do it really on my own because I like blabbing to myself, but I'm more than happy to get people on if people would like to to come on if you you know being suggested. But yeah, a lot of fun doing this. I think people will enjoy this. Hopefully, I'm not too melodramatic. And yeah, it's my first podcast. You gotta leave me alone. First one times. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, I will see you. I think I'll do these on Tuesdays. Tuesday seem like a decent time to do these podcasts so yeah thank you very much for listening and god bless